Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I've got to tell you, I love a lot of things in life. I love surfing. I love motorbike riding. I've jumped out of planes. I've bungee jumped. I love extreme. Can I tell you with my hand and my heart, there is nothing greater that I love than standing in the presence of God. That, that 10-minute period there changes everything for me. I, I get more of a buzz, more of an exhilaration standing in the presence of God than anything I do in life. And, and I want to encourage you, get your kicks from God. In life, get your kicks from God. People go somewhere to get their excitement in life. They go to somewhere or something or someone. I want to encourage you this morning, church, get your kicks from God. He will take you to highs that you've never experienced. He will, he will lead you into the greatest days of your life. Amen. Fantastic. We're going to come around the word this morning. And the title of my message is Killing Giants. Everybody say, Killing Giants. So obviously everybody's thinking, all right, David and Goliath, we're going to take down some giants. But I'm really excited about this word. And I love it where it says in the word that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It can divide, you know, joints and marrow, the soul and the spirit. I want to encourage you to, to allow yourself to let the word come alive to you. It can be a book we read or it can be a life source that flows towards us. Amen? Yeah. And uh, actually, I'm just excited because I get to come to church and, and look at you guys. So you have to stand there and look at the back of each other's heads. But I get, to, I get to look at your beautiful smiling faces. And I'm convinced this is the best looking church, I'd say, on the planet. But from now, I'm just going to say the Sunshine Coast. You guys are absolutely unbelievable. And I'm glad to be here. You know, over the last 10 or so years, I've taken hundreds of international flights, hundreds of flights, and they're all pretty well the same. You, 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 you get on the plane, you put your stuff in the overhead compartment, you sit down, you get ready, the lady comes around and says, would you like a hot towel, all these kind of things. And for most part, <coughs> most flights are pretty standard. But I remember vividly one particular flight where we were, we were flying to New York, and I was with a good friend of mine who's, who's a well-respected minister, and from the moment we took off, there was turbulence. And when there's turbulence, they can't serve the meal and they can't, they couldn't even turn the in-flight entertainment on because the, the turbulence was so bad. It was, we were bouncing around and literally for seven hours, I'm not kidding you, I got to New York and got a massage because I was so tense and so worked up. For seven hours, I'd sat there like this while the plane dropped and lifted, dropped and lifted, dropped and we were freaking out. And, and we got there, and it was a, to top it off, it was one of those crazy landings. You're coming in sideways. Are we going to make it? What's going on? <laughs> just, just pulled in. And I remember with clarity, when we landed, an air hostess came over the intercom. And I, and I wrote it down just so I can say it. She said, would everyone please be careful when opening the overhead compartments as shift may have happened? So kind of, okay, shift happens. It's, everyone's kind of laughing, and okay, it's been bumpy. It's been rough. We've... Well, I'm staying light here. It's, it's all right. Just, just cruise with me for a second. I thought that, that statement kind of sums up life. Shift happens. Okay? Don't get religious on me. You know what I'm saying. Life happens. Life's messy. Life doesn't always work out exactly as we thought it would. Is it just me? It must be just me. Somebody goes through a divorce. They never thought that was going to happen. Somebody goes bankrupt, they, they didn't think that was going to happen when they, they invested all of their money into this plan that was going to make them millions, because that's what they were dreaming of. They didn't think that shift would happen. But life happened. And they got taken in another direction. And the winds of life blew, 
and they found themselves in a certain place. But I like what she said here is, please be careful when opening the overhead compartment. It's, it's good to be careful in life and to, to have a forethought that something may have happened contrary to what I was hoping for or believing for, but it's okay because I've got it under control. I'm, I'm aware of, see, the Bible says be self-controlled and alert because the devil, your adversary, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We, we're living in a, in a time where there is real and oppressive opposition coming against us in life. You know, we fight not flesh and blood, but principalities. The devil hates you. We, we are in a war. The devil hates you, but God loves you. Greater is he that is in me than he that... God loves you. This will get encouraging. At some point, this will get encouraging this morning, so stick with me. And though life is not always enjoyable it is ultimately fulfilling when we continue to journey. You know, Psalm 84 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their heart on pilgrimage. We're not camping out here. I'm traveling through. I'm journeying with God. He's got my hand. We're we're, we're on a journey together. Can I encourage you that life is a journey? There will be pit stops along the way, but life is a journey, and God wants you to continue walking with him. You know, the Israelites were led of God. There was a, a pillar of fire and, and, and cloud. By, there was, they were led of God. And, and when God stopped, they stopped. But when God moved, they moved. We're going somewhere. We're journey, we, but, but along this journey, we need, to, we need to take down some giants. Along this journey, there is going to be forces of opposition that come at us that we need to take down. And there's a saying that pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. I don't have to be miserable, though my circumstances are miserable, because I'm just journeying through. This is momentary. And what does the Bible say? The, this light and momentary affliction. Because why? Because God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient to carry you through the storms of life, the challenges you face, the, the, the devils and the giants that present themselves. It can be carried through. And, you, and you're probably thinking, but you're talking about shift happening now. You're talking about giants. You know, I believe giants are those things that oppose our dreams that oppose our desires and, and where we want to go in life. And, and what are these? They're giants of circumstance, giants of opinion. People telling you, you can't do that. What do you think? You, you, you can never do that. You couldn't achieve that. Nobody in your family's achieved that. Nobody, you couldn't do that. Giants of warfare, giants of health issues, giants of injustice. Can I, can I encourage you? It's not optional to become a giant killer. You have to fight. And you have to win to progress in life. For the kingdom to expand and progress, we have to become a giant killer. We have to take down some of these things that are standing in front of us, move beyond them, and get into the new day that God has for us. Amen? And, and can, can I suggest this this morning? Life is not fair. Deal with it. Life is not fair. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Life just happens. We want to blame everything on the devil or God or something. Life just happens. Deal with it. And I don't say that in a, I, I know we, we all walk through stuff. I walked through my sister telling me how she was going to kill herself because her husband of five months just died of a drug overdose and she fell pregnant the night before. You've got to, you've got to deal with life. You've got to, when I say deal with it, I'm not being flippant or dismissive. What I'm saying is you have to deal with it. You've got to take that giant down and say, I'm going beyond what I face because I'm bigger than this situation. Yeah? So uh, let's have a look here in... Um, <coughs> Uh, this, is, this is David in, in 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 1. 
It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekar in Ephes de Mim. And Saul of the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah. They drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on one side of the mountain. Israel stood on the other side of the mountain with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He was about 10 foot tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze armor on his legs, bronze javelin between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Does anybody know what a weaver's beam is? I got no idea. It must have been big because it was like a weave. I, but anyway, come Google it. Google it. What, what is it? No, anyway, and the iron spearhead weighed six hundred shekels. There was also a shield bearer that went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come up against me for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose for a man among yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if we prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words, Uh, of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a place where you're dismayed and greatly afraid, and life is shouting at you, and giants are crying out to you. But what I love here is, into this story comes David, the shepherd boy. So these are, this is Israel, the army of God, because that's what the Philistines said, I defy the armies of the living God today. I defy the army of God. Here's David, a shepherd boy. You see, David was the youngest of eight brothers. Uh, He was the son of Jesse. His older brother, Eliab, was the Bible describes as being tall and good-looking, muscular, a man of war from his youth. Very much, I'd say, like Graham. So if if you're looking for an example of, of this definition, look to Graham this morning. So, but, but David comes in, and he's a shepherd. He's a worshiper that looks after the sheep. And what he would he'd do is his father would say, go up to the battlefield and take some supplies for your brothers. So this is where we find ourselves in the story. David arrives on the scene. He's a shepherd boy looking after sheep for his father, playing worship songs to God. We read the Psalms. And, and he turns up on the scene. In verse 23, it says this. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, he, he talked with them. Um, sorry, then as he talked with him, the, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, uh, and the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, uh, the king will enrich with great riches. He'll give him his daughter, his father's house will be exempt from taxes in Israel. And David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who is he's interested? He's a little shepherd boy. He's got nothing. He's out in the fields, feeding the sheep, writing worship songs. He goes, That sounds pretty cool. What will happen to the guy that brings this giant down? And I go, Well, he's going to give you his daughter, and he's going to give you some tax free money, and he's, you know, you're going to live blessed. And this, this caught David's attention. Um, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. And they they explained to him what would happen. It says, Now Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why do you come up down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? 
I know your pride and insolence of heart, for you've come down to see the battle. And David, David said, I love this. It says, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? What have I done now? Is there not a cause? See, these guys were freaked out by this giant. These, this guy was freaked out by the giant that presented themselves, a, a 10-foot-tall giant that had a, a shield-bearer, that had a, a spear, that had a, a javelin, that was coming out and taunting these men. But he said, you know what? You're not taunting me. You're not defying me. You're defying God. We have to identify the fight we're in. We have to uh, identify the giant that we're facing. You see, because the giants that oppose you in life are actually opposing God. Because God has plans and purposes for your life that he wants to take you out from. So I want to I encourage you this morning to identify the fight that you're in, that the fight that you're in is not against you. The fight that you're in is against the future that God has for you. But we can take down these giants, and, and, I, and I love what it says. So, so here, here's David, ruddy, good-looking shepherd boy. He's, he's small. He's not intimidating. We got a photo over there. And so, so if, if Graham is alive, I'd probably be David. And I'll be the champion for today, but I'll be David. Small, ruddy, a little bit good-looking. And there might be a tinge of red there, but anyway. He's small, ruddy, good-looking shepherd boy, and he turns up in the middle of what is meant to be a fierce battle. But, but I read this story, and it wasn't a fierce battle. It was a fierce stare-off competition or something. I don't know, they were pulling blue steel or they were doing so. I don't know what they were doing, but it says that for 40 days and 40 nights, the giant presented himself for the battle. What's wrong with just getting your swords out and going and killing someone? They, they, they didn't do that. They were, they were standing on one side of the mountain. They were standing on the other side of the mountain. And there was a great valley in between them. This wasn't fierce battle. This was who can trash talk the best? Who can throw the worst, you know, insult? I, you know, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Tim Hall came on me for a second. I had to rebuke it. And, and he's David, he's on the scene and his brother comes and instead of focusing on the battle at hand, starts busting his chops and saying, what are you doing here? I know your insolence of heart. Who have you left those few sheep with? He left those few sheep that was in his care with a carer. And he was actually bringing supplies to the battlefield for his brothers who were, who were having a shot at him. So they weren't focused on the battle at hand, they were focused at something else. Yeah? And so often we can, in life, we can focus on the wrong things. There's a battle at hand. There's something we should be doing. There's a giant we should be taking down, but we're focused on the wrong thing, and we're majoring on minors rather than majoring on majors, but we'll get to that in a minute. And uh, I love what David said. He turns up on the scene. Can I encourage you? You're going to turn up on the scene at some point where there's a fight to be had. And I love what he says here. He was so sure and confident in his God. He said, let no man's heart fail because of this uncircumcised fellow. I love that. Let no man's heart fail because of this uncircumcised Philistine. Do you know you can walk around in life carrying the power and the anointing and the assurance of God upon your life that when you enter into a scene, not only will you walk into victory, you will carry others with you. Let no man, I believe we're meant to be injectors of faith, hope, and love into other people's worlds. I believe we're meant to turn up onto a scene and say, I got this, don't worry about this, because my God is bigger. My God is greater. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. He backs me with all the armies of heaven. I can get through this. I can walk into victory and you can come with me. Amen? He said this, let no man's heart fail because of this uncircumcised Philistine. I will fight him. But King, even King Saul said he couldn't, but David knew it wasn't going to be a fair fight because God was with him. He goes, dude, I, I got this. You, you may not have that assurance, that confidence. I got it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God that gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have victory in me. I don't have victory in my strength. I don't have victory in my intellect. I have victory in Jesus Christ. I have victory in the name that is above every other name so that I can walk into any situation, any circumstance. I can face any giant, and I have victory because of Jesus. Amen? Come on. And uh, so after some trash talking, David started running at the giant. He pulled out a smooth stone, put it in his sling, and the rest, as they say, is history. He took, a, he took a stone. He didn't use the armory. He didn't use the weapons that were being offered to him. He didn't listen to everybody else saying, you can't. He did. Because everybody wants to tell you you can't. Life wants to tell you you can't. Your parents want to tell you. He just took what he had, started running towards the situation, faced the giant, and won. So just as David faced giants, we all face giants in life. And they've, they've got similar characteristics. So I want to look at this. What are the giants we face? Giants are big. You are going to face some big giants in life. Get used to it. Giants are big. David is not a hero because he took down a midget. He took down a, a 10-foot giant. Yeah? Okay, so, so, so your issues and your challenges that are going to come at you aren't going to come at you in small little packages. They're going to come in a big packet like a giant. They're going to stand before you. They're going to be imposing. Giants are big. Second thing is, they look invincible. In verse 5, it says this. He says, he had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And the bronze armor on his legs and the bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now, the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. Uh, and a shield bearer went before him. Giants strike fear into the hearts they're against. But just because a thing looks invincible doesn't mean it is. Giants always present as invincible. There is no way around this. There is no way through this. There's no way I can overcome this. This is invincible. Our God is the master of, of the impossible. Though a thing presents as invincible, I've known people on their deathbed being given a terminal prognosis with three, months, uh, three weeks to live that, that God has got in the middle of their situation. He's, he's, he's come and taken that giant out and they've been healed and walked from hospital two days later. Our God is a miracle. Though a thing presents as invincible, doesn't mean it is. Come on, you with me this morning? Third thing is they demand of you. They're in your face. They defy you. Giants get in your face and say, you're dreaming. You, like, literally, you're dreaming. You're kidding me, right? You're believing for this? You're believing for breakthrough? You're believing for relational restoration? You're believing for health in your body? You're believing for... You're kidding, aren't you? Demon, uh, demons, giants get in your face and they try and trash talk and they try and defy you. That's exactly what Goliath did here. It says, um, then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come to line up in battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? So he's trying to talk to their identity. Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? I am a giant. I, I'm from Philistia. I am, I am bigger than you. I can take you out. I can crush you. Do you know who you are? Why would you even come up against me? Has anybody been in a situation in life where it's like, literally like, this is ridiculous. How did I get here? What am I doing here? I just want to run. Can I encourage you, don't run. Run towards the battle you face and you will run towards victory. Don't run from it. Okay, don't let these giants defy you and demand of you. But it says this, it says, um, 
Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, said, why have you come up the line against me? Am I not a Philistine? You the servants of Saul. Choose for a man, a man from among yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of the Lord, exclamation point. I've told you all this. You've seen who I am. You see what I have. And now I'm going to make an exclamation point. I defy the armies of Israel. I don't only defy God. I don't only defy the man who's going to I defy all of you. I can, it, it, fear and intimidation. Life comes at you and tries to make you fearful and intimidated and anxious and nervous. But what does Hebrews says? It says, we're not of those that shrink back under destruction. We're of those that press forward under salvation. Every single one of us right now is facing some form of challenge in our world. Some giant that is in our face, trash talking us, mouthing off. Can I encourage you, get your sling and your stone and take that thing down. In the name of Jesus, speak towards that thing. The Bible says, speak into being that which is not as though it is. Speak towards your circumstances. Don't describe the giant. Describe your God. Describe the power that backs you in life. Describe where you're going to when you get beyond this this problem that you face. Because these challenges are just momentary, and we are pressing through and going beyond. Amen? They try and get in your face so that you're so consumed by the problem that you can't see beyond it. I've said it before that more importantly than what you see with your eyes is what you see when your eyes are closed. More importantly than, than, than what you can see in the natural and the, the temporary circumstances of your world is what you can see. What is God speaking to your heart? What is God speaking that you, you lay down and you start to pray, you spend time in worship and you see your future. You see your happy family. You see your healthy body. You see money in your bank account. You see people around your world. What is it that you see when your eyes are closed? Because that is far more important than what you see when your eyes are open. And can I encourage you when, you, when you find yourself standing in front of a giant, close your eyes and just step into that place of, of faith. You're going to go to one of two camps in life. You're going to go to a fear or you're going to go to faith. Can I encourage you when, when the, the lying devil comes and stands in front of you, close your eyes. I'm reminded of a story with Smith Wigglesworth where he's laying in bed and he wakes up and the devil is standing at the end of his bed. He didn't get visited by an angel. He got visited by the devil himself. And he sat up straight and he said, devil, if it's only you, I'm going back to sleep. And he rolled over, pulled the sheet over and went back to sleep. He closed his eyes on the intimidation tactics. He closed his eyes to the giant that stood before him. Our God is greater. When you have that belief, when you have that assurance and that knowing on the inside, it doesn't matter what comes at you in life, you can overcome. And, and in death itself, we have victory. We, we are victors in life regardless of what we walk through. Amen? The fourth thing is they don't go away. Verse 16, for 40 days and 40 nights, he kept presenting himself. Can I encourage you? You have to fight. You have to become a giant killer. You have to take down these these forces of fear and intimidation because they won't go away. We'd like them to go away. We'd love them to go away. Please go away. They're not going to go away. They're giants. They're here to take you out and take you down and limit you in life. But, but we can live an unlimited life in God. We can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the name of Jesus Christ, by the, our faith that we, we have in God, we can live unlimited. We need to, we need to um, realize that these giants aren't going to go away. They're not going to go away. You have to fight. I, I see an army rising that is strong in belief. They're strong in their faith. They know the word. They, they spend time in intimacy with God. They're, 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 they're clothed with power and they take on the giants that come against them. Um, can, I, can I suggest to you in reading this scripture today, the best preacher on the day was Goliath. The, the best preacher on this day was Goliath. But we're meant to be the best preachers in life. 
We're meant to speak the truth of the Word of God. We're meant to declare the promises of God for our lives. We're meant to walk in victory according to the Word of God. But the best preacher on this day was Goliath. And it says here, it says, he, he, he comes, he stands before him and says, if you don't beat me, you will serve me the rest of your life. That's what he said in verse, in verse 8. It says, then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come up in, in, in battle? Am I not a Philistine? You, the servants of God, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight me uh, and kill me, we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against you and kill him, he shall be our servant for the rest. Of, you, you shall be our servants for the rest of your lives. Can I, can I suggest this, that what you don't beat, you serve. But what you beat will serve you forever. What you don't overcome, what you don't have victory in, what you don't prevail against, you will serve for the rest of your life. It's not an option to become a giant killer. You have to stand tall, suck your chest in and say, let's go. I'm ready for battle. Let's do this thing. I'm, God, I know you're with me. I know you're for me. I know you're going to get, I'm going to fight this giant. It might be a, a, a giant you face for many years. It's time to take that thing down. If you don't beat it, you will serve it. It might be an addiction. It might be a fear. It might be injustice. It might be guilt that you've held. For, you need to take that giant down so you can walk free in life. And uh, your test will become your testimony. The mess you're walking through will become your message. Amen? So I, I just want to look at a few things this morning, in the next 10 minutes, that will help us deal with the giants of life. Amen? Is this helping anybody? You with me? We're good? Fantastic. I'm excited this morning. I've got my beautiful wife on the front row. We've been married nearly 18 years. We, we've, we've taken down some giants. Do you know, and there was literally giants that wanted to take us out and take us down. And it's the same for everybody, but I love you, darling. You're amazing. First thing is this, that help us deal with, with the giants of life when shift happens. Everybody say shift happens. Say it slowly. Be careful. Shift happens. There's, there's turbulence. Michelle's <laughs> getting the shit. There's turbulence in life that rocks us around. There's storms that we sail through, and we just gotta, we got to strap ourselves to the wheel and, and carry on through. Stuff happens. Life's messy. What do we do? First thing I'd say is this. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing in life. Giants in life are going to get you to try and focus on that which is inconsequential and doesn't really matter. So Eliab, he comes, David's here, and he's here just to bless his brothers. He's here to bring supplies, and I know you're in the middle of battle, not really, you're in a stare-off competition, but I've brought you some cheese and some, and some supplies and some wine from Dad. I hope you're doing all right. He wants me to bring a good report home, but Eliab is, is not focused on the main thing. The main thing is ridding Israel of this nuisance that is defying God. They're meant to be representing God. This, this, this giant is defying their God, and they're standing there just accepting it. So, so David's turned up, and Eliab in verse 28 says this, uh, he heard what he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why do you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of heart, um, for you have come down to see the battle. He hadn't come down to see the battle. Eliab should have been in battle. He should have been leading the charge. He should have been out there saying, you know what, I'll, I'll lay my life down for what I believe in because, man, that's what I've been called to. That's what I've trained for. That's what I do. But he was, he was worried about an irrelevant issue. Where have you left those few sheep? Who cares? You're in the middle of battle. It doesn't matter where those few sheep are. He'd left them with a, with a carer. But focus, keep the main thing, the main thing. Don't get passionate about something God doesn't care about. Hey? 
How often do we do that in life? We get passionate. We get in our soapbox. We get this righteous judgment. The Bible says, that's not our, that's not our job. That's not our issue or mission. Just keep focused on it's, it's too loud. It's too dark. It's too this. It's, hang on. Forget all that. There's people going to hell. There's people dying. There's people that need to be blessed. There's people that need your touch in their world. And when we focus on things that are irrelevant, we don't do the things that are important that God's anointed us to do. But God has a mission for you to achieve in your life and through your life that you won't do. There's giants that you need to take down that you won't when you focus on the wrong thing. So, so something that will help us get through issues of life, keep the main thing the main thing. Let, let's get passionate about the lost being saved. Let's get passionate about building the kingdom. Let's get passionate about being a blessing in our community. Let's get passionate about, about being givers and generous and open-hearted because that's what people are endeared to and attracted to, not small-hearted, miserable people that are focused on the wrong things. The second thing is deal with disappointments and failure. We've all walked through times of disappointment and failure in it, every single one of us. We've all failed at something. We've all messed something up. We've all made mistakes at some point. Deal with it. If you don't deal with it, you won't even make it to the battleground. You won't even get out onto the battleground to try and take down your giants because, because you know, what you don't deal with will deal with you. You don't deal with the issues that you've walked through in the past. You will deal with them in the future. But, but we can draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? Psh, done. I'm, I'm forgiving every person everything they've ever done against me. I release every, I am free. I'm, I'm walking free and light and easy towards my future, and my past is just that. It's my past. But if you don't deal with your past disappointments and failures, you won't be able to enter into the battle that leads you into your victory and your bigger day. Eliab was angry at David. It's not because he came and, and he was at the battlefield. It was because he had been overlooked to be anointed as king. You see, culture was the oldest brother should have been anointed king. David was the youngest of eight, but he got anointed. God said, not him, not him, Pelican, not him, not him, not him. Not... That's the one. Anoint him. He's going to be king. He's going to be my representative. He's, he's the guy I choose. Eliab wasn't angry. He just hadn't dealt with past issues. He wanted to be king, but he got overlooked. We, we've all been overlooked for something. I, I was always the last guy chosen for sport. That's well, good for a story, just so. so. <laughs> We've, we've, we've all got hurts. We've all got unresolved issues in our world. Let's deal with them today. Let's deal with disappointments. Stuff goes wrong. Deal with it. Stuff goes wrong. Deal with it. What are you holding on to today? Because the longer you hold on to it, it gets to a point, a tipping point in life where actually you don't hold on to it anymore. It holds on to you. And we go, man, I just feel, I feel like I'm, I'm limited. I feel like I'm shackled and I can't move forward. Honestly, most of the times we're limited and shackled by the things that we hold on to, not the things that we face. You know, it says in Hebrews, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I preached about that one day, and I felt like God said to me that the, the weights that we carry contribute to the sins we commit. The things that I'm shackled by, the things that I'm held back by and bound by in life, often I do because I'm holding on to things that I should have let go of. You know, and, and the Bible defines sin as anything that's not in faith. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing that I'm holding on to, but if it doesn't take faith to outwork it, then it's a sin. Because God says you're doing it in your own strength, you're not relying on me, but why don't you let go of those things and we journey together towards the day that I have for you. Amen? 
Third thing is this, get good at what you do. Everybody say, get good at what you do. Master Nushi is good at what she does. She's got her master's in public health. She's, she's good at what she does. But th- th- there's a verse in the Bible that says, do you see a man that excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He won't be stand before unknown men. What we excel at in life leads us to victory in life. Get, get good at what you do. Um, I love it here. It says, um, verse 30, 34, it says, but David said to Saul, because they're, they're saying, you can't fight this guy. These are warriors and they're not fighting. You're, you're ruddy, you're good looking, you're a worshiper, you're, you look after sheep. You can't fight. But David said this, he says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing that he defies the army of the living God. I got this covered. I'm, it's not my fight and it's not a fair fight because he's going to be fighting against God. However, I know who I am. I know what I've faced. We've all faced challenges. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes, but we've all also walked through victories. Remember your past victories. Remember those things that you did take down because that's leading you towards what you're going to take down, which is the giant that is standing in front of you today. Yeah? We've all, don't forget what God has done. He's going to carry you through into the new day. And And I love that. And you know, here's the thing. David was good with a sling and he used what he was good at to bring down a giant. He'd trained He'd practiced, he'd honed his skill and his craft, and he used what he was good. God didn't smite Goliath that day. David brought him down with a sling and a stone. He used, in the strength of God, what he was good at to bring down the giant he faced. We're all good at something. Don't focus on what you're not good Focus on what you're good at and bring that giant down. Amen? Colossians 3 says this, verse 23, it says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Okay, so if you're here today and you're a father, be a great father. Be good at, if you're a mother, be a, be a great mother. If you're a business person, be a great business person. If you're, if you're a counselor, if you're, whatever it is that you do, do it well. Excel, rise, get bigger in what you do, and God will use that to lead you into victory to take down giants. Amen? The things that you fear are the things you're not good at. Israel saw the giant as too big to beat, but David, because he was good at what he did, saw the giant as too big to miss. Okay, they said, this guy is too big. We cannot take this guy down looking at our problem. David, realizing that he was backed of heaven and was good at what he did, goes, this, I, I can't miss that guy. Have you seen the size of his head? He's 10 foot, that guy is massive. I could, I could go for anything. I'm going for the head. I'm going for the, you know, and I'm going to take this. He knew who he was. He knew who his God was. He knew what he was good at, and he started running towards the situation. Can I encourage you? We are moral and conquerors in Christ Jesus. We have the power. You know, it says in Ephesians, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us. The same power that spoke and created the, the heavens and the earth is, is at work in your life. What giant is bigger than that? What giant of intimidation and fear can take you out when you realize and you have your eyes firmly focused on the God of the universe? There is nothing that can take you out. There is nothing that can hold you down. You're going to be like a, a cork that's been held under for a short time, but you are always going to surface. You are always going to rise to the top in Jesus' mighty name. And the fourth thing is this, and we're going to finish. Can I just get the band to come, please? Is uh, deal with unbelief. You want to make it through the storms of life? You want to take down the giants that you're facing in life? Deal with unbelief. You know, David said, I'll fight this giant. And Saul said, you can't fight the giant, but if you're going to fight the giant, here, take my, take my armory. Take my weapons. 
Well, if the answer was in the armory and their weapons, why wasn't Saul fighting? Why wasn't he out there as the king? Why wasn't he leading the armies? The answer wasn't in what he had. The answer was in who he was. God had created David to be a king to rise up. But can I encourage you, each and every one of you, your kings and priests, your, your, your called of God, the anointed God is upon your life. You can take down the very things that are trying to take you out. You know, and, and I was thinking about this. Saul didn't believe he could beat Goliath, but David knew that God could. If we, if we go to fear, we will always be defeated. If we go to unbelief, we will always be defeated. You're, you're defeated before you start. You know, Henry Ford said, whether you think that you can or you think that you can't, you're right. It, it, it's in your, what you think, what you believe, what you put your faith and your trust in. That is what will carry you in life. I want to encourage each and every one, put your faith in Jesus Christ. It, 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 let him be the, the rock, the, the, the solid foundation upon which you build your life. Don't, don't, don't be battered around. You know, it says that, it says that um, we've got to believe. When we ask of God, we've got to believe because those that don't believe, they're like a, a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. They shouldn't expect to receive anything from God because they're unstable in all their way. God, God wants to bring stability to our worlds. He wants us to be able to, whether I have or I don't have, your grace is sufficient. You know, Paul wrote, I've, I've learned to live abounding. I've learned to live abased. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not in what I have. It's not, a, it's I know who's with me. I know the image I'm created in. And I was thinking that the most dangerous people on the planet are those fully committed to the plans and the purposes of God for their life. They, they, they're unstoppable. Can I, can I suggest to you this morning, you're unstoppable in life. You're an unstoppable force. You've been put on the planet for such a time as this to go and love people, to go and shine bright, to go and change worlds, to go and lead not only yourself but others into victory. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. I'm, and I'm fully committed to the plans and purposes of God for this area, for the Sunshine Coast and for Noosa, for your life. I want to see you walk into victory each and every day of your life. And that's what God has for you. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, we're called to be fanatics, not religious nutters, but fanatics. A fanatic is someone, by definition, that can't change their mind and won't change the subject. God wants you to be a fanatic for him. Not a religious nutter, not painful, a fanatic for him. In whatever you do, the Bible says, as I read before, do it as unto the Lord, but in whatever you do, be fanatical. I am doing this to honor God, and I know that God's on it, and he's in it, and he's going to work through it to achieve his plans and purposes for my life. Amen? You'll never know God more than you know his word. And you'll never experience the victory if you don't spend time in the presence of the God, intimately walking with Him. Amen? Can we just, can we just close our eyes? We're going to sing a worship song in a minute. You were placed on this planet to win. You were placed on this planet to live in victory, slaying giants. My prayer and my encouragement for you today is that even in this week ahead, you will take down giants that have been trying to take you out. Father, I pray this morning for every person that stands before me, sits before me this morning, Lord, that the anointing of heaven, the power of heaven, the peace of heaven would come upon them right now. God, you've called us to rise up as an army of love, as an army, Father, of fanatics that can't change their mind and won't change the subject. God, I'm praying today that each and every person that sits before me will walk into a brand new day tomorrow, seeing life differently. They'll realize that, you know what, I may be in a fight, but I'm not running any longer. I'm going to run straight towards that thing. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to grow and I'm going to move forward. 
Father, we love you. You're ever-present. You're always near. You're always with us. Thank you, Lord. And while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I just want to offer an invitation this morning. You might be here visiting with us. You might have been coming for some time. Feel like, you know what? I feel like I've lost that fight. I feel like I've lost that connection to the power source. But today I want to come back to, I want to, come back to God. I, I want to know that, you know what? Me against a giant is an unfair fight because God's with me. If you're here and you're saying, you know what, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my life or I want to come back and get connected again to, to Jesus, would you just lift your hand up? I'd love to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, life, life is messy. Life is tough. Stuff happens. Things get moved around. And Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.